Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this league presents the NFL Draft Prospect Podcast. You like that? You like that? In this war room. Hug it. Chug it. Football. Here's your host, Scott Bogman. Welcome back, everybody. It's the In This League War Room. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter, at Bogman Sports. Joined, as always, by CK, at C-O-P-I-E-P-S, on the Twitter machine. Uh, We had a crazy first round of the playoffs, the super wildcard weekend, of course. Can't just be wildcard weekend anymore, because it's not all on the weekend. We got to have that Monday game, which was horrible. Did we really need to have the Monday game? Nope. Did we really need to have no, it. No, we could have had an early Saturday game and it would have been fine with me. I mean, I like the Monday night game and everything, but it was a ter- it was the worst game that you could have had in that round. Even C- uh, San Francisco and Seattle was competitive for a half and all the other games were amazing, but of course the primetime one uh was brutal between Tampa Bay and the Cowboys, but uh on the show today we're going to be talking about offensive linemen. We are going to talk about um, where the uh, the new order is with all of the wildcard teams that were eliminated last week. And, of course, you know, Monday was the deadline for most of the players. Apparently, there's a new deadline because the NCAA and NFL make up rules whenever they want that we didn't remember. And, I mean, COVID really, like, kind of screwed with us in terms of that stuff, right, CK? Because, like, also, every college player has, like, an extra year of eligibility in their pocket, so we don't know when, when, if they're seniors, are they redshirt seniors, are they COVID seniors? I don't know what it is. It's crazy, right? That is it exactly. Like, because of that 2020 year where everybody got that extra year, you see guys that are, they're putting out their Twitter declaration picture graphics, and I'm like, well, did you have to? Didn't Weren't you out of eligibility? But no, you could have went back, apparently. So, yes, there is the underclassman declaration day, which was January 16th. But then there is the senior declaration day. So there's a couple of guys on this list. I'm not sure yet. I not, I can tell them right now. Anaya Smith, Cedric Van Pran, and Laitu Latu. I have no idea if they're actually going or not. I think they are. Maybe not. And isn't but... that new deadline like in March, too? It's like, yeah, it's like March six 1st. weeks or something. Yes. Yes, it is another six weeks from now. So I don't know. I think I saw some speculation that they can now start talking to like they can talk to teams. I don't know if that's true or not, because what we've always heard is you talk to the draft advisory board, right? And you get your right, your grade. But I don't know if these guys can actually talk to teams or not. But I don't know about all of them. All but three we know. Yeah, so I don't know. It's weird. Um, most of the the guys we had, um, of course, 
you know, declare or go back mm -hmm. to school. So we'll go over those too. But before we uh, dive into it, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash ITL army. We got group me rooms, rankings, all kinds of great access for you over there. Please check that out. If you would, uh, CK, we had a bowl game, one of the all-star bowls. It was the hula bowl. Um, we both tried to find notes about practice on this, but apparently they are super secret behind some weird wall. Some I, I couldn't even find it behind a wall, to be honest with you. So um, what I saw was a lot of guys that might raise their stock, um, you know, during the bowl game, and the bowl game was unbelievably uneventful. It's hard uh, to get, you know, players that, only know each other for a week to go through a playbook and get plays right. And you really need more time than that to evaluate. So the game was interesting. The first half might've been the worst game of football I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Second half, they started to come alive. Holton Aylers looked great. He was 10 for 10 threw a big touchdown to Sharpshire from Tulane. Um, that was the biggest play of the game. I think it was a 75 yard touchdown. Uh, Chris Brooks from BYU. Is it Chris Brooks? Am I? Chris Brooks, uh, yeah. Okay. I, for whatever reason, I wanted to say Curtis Brooks, but Chris Brooks uh, had a you know a strong game rushing. He was pretty good. Um, not a lot. Not a lot to highlight outside of those guys that I saw. What else did you see from the Hula Bowl that uh, intrigued you, CK? Yeah, Holt Nailers, I guess, was the one who looked the best. So if you've ever seen Holt Nailers, he's a lefty. It always looks a kind of little weird. You said he didn't. He didn't miss a throw. He he was not he didn't you said he threw it to Shropshire uh Shropshire was on the other team he caught his from oh, yeah, um, Tim Demoret from Fordham actually of is who course. threw his one but uh like Holt Mailer's ten for ten he threw for fifty seven yards so it is the great checkdown attempt but I thought you Gardner Minshew the Gardner yeah. Minshew right yeah exactly I thought he looked okay I wouldn't bet any of the quarterbacks get drafted Adrian Martinez could get drafted but I think it would be more as a receiver uh Christopher Brooks. And Kalen Laybourne was the running back on the other side. Kalen Laybourne was a five-star recruit to Florida State who transferred for one year to Marshall, probably didn't plan on playing much, and then their star running back left the team with personal <laughs> issues and had an awesome year. And so Rasheen Ali is coming to come back. But Kalen Laybourne, I, he's got awesome contact balance. Like, he breaks so many tackles. So I, there's a chance on him. Uh I don't know. I Trey Shopshire is fast, but I think I knew that. It didn't tell me anything I didn't know. I kind of like Elijah Cooks. I've always kind of liked Elijah Cooks just because he's so tall. And we see these guys at least carve out like an end zone role. But right. I wouldn't good, say there's good anybody there. Special teams to, you know, get yeah. your hand up on a kick or something. You know, I don't know if there was anybody in that game that I would. I won't expect any of those guys to go in the first two days of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I wish we had more access. I wish we had, uh, you know, practice notes. We get practice notes every day for the shrine bowl and senior bowl. Uh, I mean, you, you can see who ri rises and falls all week long, um, and really go through it. So I kind of wish we had more access, but you know, it's in the middle of the playoffs and, uh, they, they said there were only over 200 scouts there. So I'm surprised no one, was, you know, over there writing up, you know, day, daily practices. And I don't know, that could be something with the hula ball. Maybe the hula ball doesn't allow that, but just not as much access as we would like. So not as much information coming out of that as we would like. So next uh, week we can talk about the shrine game and the senior bowl, just the rosters. We'll know the rosters for sure. They'll be finalized by next week. So we will go over that. 
Yeah, we got the coaching staffs, I think, mm -hmm. uh, this morning. So we'll go over that, too. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about the bowl games uh, next week. And, and, of course, uh, when they happen to believe they're the week right before the Super Bowl, both the, the Shrine and the Senior Bowl. So we'll have a lot to cover uh, that weekend for sure. So, um, But let's talk about who did finally make the commitment. And, uh, you know, a couple of these guys made us a little nervous, uh, but uh, we got them. So, CK, go over the guys that declared, and um, there's some big names here. There are. There's some that waited till the very last minute, it felt like, to make their official declaration. <laughs> so, CJ Stroud, we expect him to go pretty in the top 10, I think is pretty much a guarantee. I think he'll probably go in the top five by the time it's all said and done. But he waited till the last day. There was a lot of speculation that Ohio State was finding money in the coffers through <laughs> NIL money. But in the end, he decided to go to the NFL draft. Kendra Miller. So a lot of these guys are TCU and Georgia guys because they played at the end, right? So Kendra yeah. Miller waited till the very end. And then he declared, remember, he got injured. So we didn't see him in the finals. I think from what I read, he should be good to go by. I don't know if he's in either of those bowl games. I'd have to check. But I know by like the combine, we should see him get a chance to he's, practice. Would you say he's um, like right now an early day three guy but could project him he can move himself into day two with a good combine and in bowl games and stuff like that yeah i think right now you're probably early day three but if he went out and tested i think he could get in the top 100 picks which is basically the second day right so right it, I, I think there's a certainly i think there could be a lot of running backs go on day two we talked about how deep the running back classes i think there could be six of them at least go on the second I think day that and, might make that that might push them down because of the so? depth it might yeah. just because there's more available but i mean uh that to me is more about just the nfl stop process on running backs too so if it's deep and the nfl usually says don't take them till day three if you're going to take them at all there's plenty of udfas that'll play well i don't know uh it, it'll be interesting it's you know what it, it's going to come down to is testing if these guys are testing off the charts then they're going to separate themselves and be worth it but uh, I don't know. There's, you know, the more and more we go over and uh, next week, we're going to start going over team needs. The more, the deeper we get into that, the less I go, oh, this team could use a luxury pick this team. Cause yeah. you know, like last week looking at the Eagles defense, I was like, holy crap. They got a lot of holes to fill uh, just through free agency. So corner um, early. Yeah. Corner. corner early. Yeah. So that 10 pick may not be beach on there. Better not be 22. <laughs> who, who else? Uh, who else declared there? Uh, both the top couple of receivers. I said I, I still have Jordan Addison one. He waited till the last day. Quentin Johnston waited. I think he was the very last one that we heard from as far as the tie up end. He's probably going to be the first receiver drafted, assuming that he tests like we think he will. Kyrus Jackson, Georgia wide receivers are always tough to project because they just don't use them very much. Yeah. Darnell Washington. We talked about how much we love Darnell Washington on this podcast. Play him at tight end. Basically, you get a sixth offensive lineman who can catch the ball. Broderick Jones will talk about today as far as an offensive tackle from Georgia. Warren McClendon is the other side. We won't talk about him, but he's another fine tackle from Georgia. He kind of reminds me of their last year. It was Jamari Salier went later in the draft. He's started for the Chargers by the middle of the season and was pretty good. So that's the type of guy that Georgia will kick out. Blake Freeland, another offensive tackle. He's from BYU. Warren Erickson is another Georgia lineman because they have so many of them. <laughs> uh, we officially heard from Felix and a Duke. And a DK Uzama, that is the edge rusher from K-State. I think he won Big 12 player, defensive player of the year. Good pass rusher, probably a day two guy. Nolan Smith, we talked about last week, the edge rusher from Georgia. He's a he's a first-round pick. He declared. D. Winters was dominant in TCU's win over uh, Michigan. And then, as with most of the TCU players, did not really show up <laughs> against Georgia. But uh, 
could be good. Linebacker, we talked about being pretty thin. Probably a day two guy. Keely Ringo, we talked about last week. First round cornerback. Trevius Hodges Tomlinson, TCU corner. And then Malik Shorts. I don't know if I ever mentioned Malik Shorts. So Malik Shorts is a safety from Southern Myths who's extremely productive. I think he led the Sunbelt, or that's what the Southern Myths is, in tackles this year as a safety. So he gets all over the field. Kind of a fun player. Tell you, it's hard to keep up with those divisions because they keep or those. <laughs> they change all the time now. Yeah, they keep changing every year. This team goes to that one. This team goes to that one, and uh, we're gonna get more of it uh, in 2023 as well. So uh, interesting, like you said, the big three that we're unsure of: Anaya Smith, Cedric Van Pran, and uh, Latu uh, Leatu Latu, uh, all waiting. And then we had some returnees: Cam Ward going back to Washington State, the quarterback uh, Romeo Dunze. The uh, Rome, Rome Odunte, the wide receiver from Washington, Lad McConkey going back to Georgia, the wideout, uh, John, uh, Johnny Newton, the defensive tackle from Illinois, and Tommy Eichenberg uh, at Ohio State. All those guys are sticking. We did get with uh, some eliminations in the playoffs. Of course, we went one through 18 on this uh, last week. So after 18, the number 19 pick now will be the Tampa Bay Bucks, number 20, the Seattle Seahawks. The Dolphins will be picking from the 21 spot, but they, it is forfeited for the first round in their cheating scandal, trying to talk to Tom Brady and all of that stuff. So no pick, no first round pick for them. The Chargers are at 22. The Ravens are at 23. I thought they were at 22. I guess I flipped that. And then the Vikings at 24. So those are locked in. So, I mean, the, you know, the surprise winners, Jacksonville and the Giants driving their pick down a little bit. Um, you know, every time San Francisco wins that Denver pick, uh, slides back their first rounder, uh, and then Buffalo, Kansas city, Philly, we're still waiting on, but, um, I mean, from, from the weekend, Miami played tough, you know, just couldn't get it done. Couldn't keep pace with Josh Allen, uh, Seattle, you know, they were so much better than I expected, man. They're, um, I don't, so I messaged you this too, like, they're up at halftime in that game, right? You are beating the Niners at halftime of that game. And you give Kenneth Walker one touch, two touches in the second half. I was just, I could not understand what they were doing. They're just like, let's, let's let Gino cook here. And he turned it over. And I was just, I was beside myself, man. I could you not get, understand what they were doing. You get a plug on the fantasy pro show with me and Pat this week, because I talked about you like, cause you're no. in the group me room going, how does Walker have one touch and they've had two drives and you were mad then and then he only yeah. got one more touch for the rest of the game so if it would be one uh, thing if they were getting period. killed right but they weren't they were winning that they game winning. and yeah. and then you just give a take away from the player who was he if you were telling me like he wasn't picking up yards in the first half against san francisco's defense i'd say okay well then you got to try something else but he was picking up chunks of yardage against yeah. them and moving the chains it was so strict it is the Pete Carroll not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line all over again to me. Like, you know what? Give the ball to your best player. That's what I said, too. I think it's uh, Pollyanna Pete trying to play a little hero ball. Gino's the guy that got here. So let's keep rolling with him. But, you know, the the thing that you do by running the ball in that scenario is you also keep the Niners offense on the sideline so they can't get that momentum and they can't, uh, you know, they have to rush a little more and you're pressuring a, a last pick in the draft quarterback who, you know, it's funny. I was watching the PFF podcast uh, with uh, with uh, Steve Paul Zolo um, uh, earlier, and they were they were talking about how there's no difference between Kenny Pickett and Brock, and Brock Purdy right now, except for one went in the first round and one was the last pick in the draft. Which 
is infuriating, of course, but it's true. Like Brock Purdy has been playing uh, great down the stretch here. And uh, that's going to be a whole thing because if the Niners get to the Super Bowl, what's hap- what happens with Trey Lance, right? Uh, because Purdy, Purdy got you there. So I feel like if he gets you the Super Bowl, you kind of have to stick with them. Kind of like they did last season with Jimmy G, you know, um, getting him the NFC championship. So I don't know, man. It's um, there's a lot. There's so a where, lot that we're going to get. So let's say Jimmy, let's hypothetically here. Brock Purdy wins the rest of the games and they get to the Super Bowl. Where does Trey Lance fit? Because you're not just going to leave him as your bench player, right? That's where I said, I think Baltimore needs to instantly call up and say, okay, we're losing Lamar here. Possibly Trey Lance is one of the rare physical athletes who can actually run that offense and not change it. What about Miami? Because I mean, Tua might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Tua leaves now, they say they want Tua. I want to know if how health is how's to a health at like if to have can physically do this anymore because what are we at three concussions now and it's been a month since we've heard from him too many. so if if he can play sure play to but if not yeah I think it's a great fit Trey Lance needs a shot too I think like I I know we've only seen him what three games and it's never been super impressive but I still think there's a lot there yeah me too and, and um you know but the old scouting trope availability is the best ability. And as soon as you get a shot, you know, he gets hurt. Obviously not his fault. Things happen. It's the NFL. It's a hard sport, but you know, uh, you give someone else the opportunity to take your job and they might take it. And that's exactly what's happening. So, um, you know, the Vikings quick, can we talk the Vikings quick with pick number 24 at 13 and four and a team that (laughs) <laughs> by DVOA was not very good. They what should is, have been an under 500 team by DVOA. Exactly. Right? Like I don't understand. Good for them for winning all those games. I get that's awesome, but that's not a very good team, right? Like we don't actually think the Vikings are a great team. Do we? Uh, I wouldn't say they're great, but I would say they're good. good. I, I would say that they could win the division again next year. And I wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, I think Detroit. I, I think Detroit could win that division pretty easily. I year. think Detroit's going to be the favorite to win, especially if Aaron Rodgers retires. Detroit's going to be the favorite to win that division for sure. But um, I, I think the roster is pretty good. Kevin O'Connell uh, did great things there, and they won the close ones, which is what you have to do uh, in any sport at any level. You got to win the close ones, and uh, you know they came out on top of those more often than not. Obviously, failed in the biggest test against the Giants, but. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I, okay, shouldn't say that. I would be surprised if the Giants beat the Eagles. But this is something that we've seen in the past. A QB gets hot and a team goes on a roll. You think Joe Flacco's a Hall of Famer? Nah, probably not. Nick Foles, not even a pro bowler, you know, and, but these guys get hot at the right time. And Danny Times looked unbelievable against the Vikings. So that is the reason that you hire Brian Dable right there. That is why you bring him in. That was, that's the game. Like the all year he's been pretty underrated good. And that was him like on the biggest stage showing I can carry this team to a victory, even with Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, (laughs) who was on the team for half of the season. And we'll we'll beat, we'll win a playoff game on the road. Yeah. I I love what the Giants are doing. Hey, Danny, Danny deserves it. Yes, yeah. he does. And they both deserve it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Giants' future is pretty bright right now. So, uh, yeah, good stuff there. Um, let's get into these offensive linemen. You have laid out the top end of the tackles and the interior guys, CK. So I will pass it off to you. And after that, we will go over the needs of the NFL teams 
for the offensive line. So st- kick us off with a couple of these tackles that you like. I think the top tackle, oh, the top offensive lineman, I'll describe it as he's the top oh, offensive lineman is Peter Skaronsky. Now, I think he should play tackle. He's played three years at tackle in the Big Ten. Watch the tape from, I think it's, it's true freshman season because that's the COVID year where Rashawn Slater opts out for Northwestern. And then as a true freshman, he steps up and like watch the game against Ohio State where he just stones Chase Young over and over again. And so I think he should get a chance to play tackle. Now, even if he's not big enough or long enough at the NFL to play tackle, he can kick inside and be a all pro guard. I think that's very possible too. He's so fast to get out of his stance, to get into his sets or to attack as a run blocker. Uh, I said, technical expert in pass protection. He gets into his stance. He anchors his feet. Strong people like Chase Young can't push him. But if there is a person who gets past him it's long fast players like Ojabo from Michigan last year who probably would have been a first round pick if he didn't tear his Achilles at the combine he he did give him some fits but those are the only people that I've seen really bother him at this point he's better in pass protection than run blocking because Northwestern the way that they run their offense I think it gives him more of a opportunity to pass block or to show how he pass blocks as opposed to him getting down the field to the second level I think he'll probably need to get into the strength room a little bit more. Six four three fifteen. He probably needs to get into a strength room, but I understand why he's coming out right now. It's not going to, he's not going to put any better film out there right, than he's right. already done. And the only question is it's the same thing as Bryce young, right? Like Bryce young has proven everything. They're going to say he's short. Peter Skransky's proven everything. They're going to say, how long are your arms? T-Rex arms. Yeah, exactly. So I think that the bottom spot, I can see him getting picked. We'll talk about some of the bad lines, but Tennessee is at 11, I think. I don't know how he gets past Tennessee. Yeah, they got to take an O-lineman. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, it was ugly there this year. So that that absolutely has to get fixed. Uh, he's a good one. I And I think the top three guys you have on your list here are kind of like, you know, some people have Skaronsky, some people have the other two. So who, who are the other two guys kind of in that top tackle tier? So Paris Johnson is more of the prototypical left tackle size. He's played some right guard, but that's just because Ohio State has a lot of depth at their offensive line usually, and that's where he's at is Ohio State. We'll talk about another one later. Uh, Paris Johnson, he almost 36-inch arms when he was measured in high school. So we talk about Skaronsky's arms being short, not being 33. He's had three-inch longer arms than that when he got measured last, and maybe (laughs) they've grown since he's in college. He is so physical. Like when he's run blocking to create – because we see them run the wide zone, right? So you see Travion Henderson, a lot of times they'll run off tackle. The reason they're running off tackle is because Paris Johnson or other offensive linemen are just moving men out of the way at the edge, and he has huge rush lanes. You can tell that he's played guard when he run blocks because I just talked about how – Skaronsky is more of a finesse run blocker at this point. Not that I don't think he can develop it, but Paris Johnson just wants to maul people. He will just get going now his pass blocking. The footwork, we talk about footwork. So footwork means can I keep my balance essentially? Can I put my feet in the right spot to not trip? And Paris Johnson isn't great at that. You you see him a lot of times. He'll end up on the ground by the time he'll, he'll, exor- he'll absorb the hit and then he'll kind of stumble and he'll, the guy won't get past him because he's so big, but it's not exactly what you want to see where your offensive lineman ends up on the ground a lot, but that can be taught. That can be refined. I'd be shocked again if he didn't get picked in the top his half size, of the first round. His size, yeah. he can recover from that too. Cause there's a guy like Kendrick Green, you know, the center for the Steelers who was on the ground constantly. It's because he was un- well undersized to play in the NFL. So should have never been there in the first place. He should have, we should have seen what kind of hands he had 
uh, or something. So uh, just a terrible pick. But yeah, sorry. Here's, didn't mean here's another one for your Steelers. I think this one is another possibility. No, this is the one I Steelers. want. If we're going O-line, this, this is, is the one I want. Yeah. Okay. So Broderick Jones, we mentioned him. He officially declared this week a thousand career pass protection reps at Georgia. So he has played a lot of football for a very for a team that won two national championships. I mean, he is, is allowed... there another tackle that has a thousand pass protection snaps at Georgia? It. They run the ball a thousand times a game. That's nuts. I, yeah, that I got that off PFF. So that's probably hopefully that didn't steal something. But uh, two sacks <laughs> in those thousand pass protection reps. So that is how he has proven it at the SEC level. His physical gifts are unmatched by either Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky. Uh, he can use some, he uses his footwork. So lateral agility, his ability to slide sideways, just to mirror pass rush moves that people will put on him and they don't get pie him because of that. He's extremely strong. And then he, he loves to get downfield and block. So you were just talking about how you watch Georgia. They love to run the ball. Right. And he is yeah. so good at it. Uh, his thing is, I talked about how, if you run into Peter Skaronsky initially, you kind of can maybe stumble him. And then he just anchors Paris Johnson loses some of his balance. Broderick Jones won't lose his balance, but he just, you, you need to be able to hold up that initial burst with him and he, and he will do it, but he's just inconsistent. He's just not as refined. Skaronsky's a, a technician, right? He he knows right. what he's doing. He's not going to give it up. Paris Johnson is a little more refined. And then you just look at the, the traits. Broderick Jones is all traits with a lot of production, but a little more refinement. And you could be talking about, to me, he's the high ceiling of any of them. He has the highest ceiling you could get Trent Williams, like all pro yeah. left tackle. You could get that with Broderick Jones and Skaronsky. I don't see him failing. Like it's hard for me to envision Peter Skaronsky not being good in the NFL. Paris Johnson a little bit more, but I think all three of these guys are going to be really good tackles. Yeah, I think so too. And that is, I mean, you would agree with me, right? That's like the upper tier. It's those three. And then, you know, the, the, this next tier is very good too. Uh, but the, it's clearly a tier break, right? So Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, and Broderick Jones. I have those three as likely top half, top 20 picks. I think Broderick Jones might slip to 20, but it's hard to see him falling beyond that. Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, and Jones. There's probably two more that I could see going in the first round because teams really want offensive tackle, right? Yeah. Good ones. So I could see next one I have is Darnell Wright. So he is at Tennessee. The advantage he has over some of these guys is he's just more versatile. He's played... Some guard, not a whole lot, but he's played some guard. He's played both tackle positions in the SEC. And the way that the, the offensive change from to Josh Heupel helped him too because they started doing pass protection more and he's better in that. I don't believe he allowed a sack this year in the SEC and that includes games against guys like Will Anderson. Like the only guy that I would say- ball a lot too. Yeah, the only guy that really stoned Will Anderson consistently was Darnell Wright that I saw. Now I didn't watch every game, but- he he more than held his own against him and four sacks again in his Tennessee career at four years. That's pretty impressive. You'll take at this point. Sure. He does not get down the field in run blocking the way that you really want because, but he doesn't really get a chance to do that because they run such a wide zone option. So he just kind of has to seal his guy off and create one lane and then they just let him go. So I think, once again, I think he can develop that, but you really want to draft him it's more of a scheme thing there too. You don't really just want to run power with Darnell, right? I don't think, I think if you're a team not like, getting drafted by the Ravens. Yeah, no, no, that would be a bad fit. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about a guy that I think would be a great <laughs> fit for the Ravens, but uh, you want him more of like a, like the Niners, not that they need an offensive lineman, but something where it's like a zone blocking scheme. I think he'd be great in that. That'd be perfect. Yeah. I like that one. 
Uh, Anton Harrison is an Oklahoma Ooh. offensive lineman. I almost didn't put him in here, but I think I watched a little more of him this week. You and gotta I got to put him in here. He's I think good. I do really yeah. have to put him in here. So he's been playing at Oklahoma since he was a true freshman. And now he's been the left tackle the last couple of years there. You see how Oklahoma, another team that changed their offense while he was there, they went away, uh, Lincoln Riley left and went to USC. And so they hired a new coach and changed the offense. But his is his is range, right? The way that Oklahoma lets him get down the field or get out wide is impressive, like impressive physical gifts to move. And then I talked about lateral quickness earlier with Roderick, or Paris Johnson and Anton Harrison has that too. Uh, once again, more pass, at least... I don't know if he's a better pass blocker, but there's so many more pass reps on his film that it's hard to see as many run blocking reps. But I just think his thing is he just needs to get bigger. Put him in right Buffalo. away. Buffalo would be great. Just he doesn't have to play right away, right? Uh, yeah. Just get him a year to rest, get a little bigger, and I think he could be just fine at the NFL level. Yeah, uh, the next guy is just this you, is the Ravens see- one. Yeah, you, you see him on film, and you're like, Man Mountain, Man Mountain. Like, watching this guy play is like seeing Brock Lesnar for the first time, I think. That's that's, that's pretty, more like Mark Henry, right? Remember Mark Henry? Oh, you, Texas. Of course Was I remember really? Mark Henry. Was yeah, really? Texas I didn't remember guy. that. There we go. So you're talking about – so if you watch Ohio State, Paris Johnson is on the left side, and then the first couple of years, Daywan Jones was left tackle, and now he's switched to right tackle, and it, it stands out because – there is not many human beings that are this size. 6'8", 360. I've seen numbers like 85-inch wingspan. So oh I don't God. know how big he's really going to be. Now, if you watch the Georgia LSU game, there's one rep where he's trying to block Dar- uh, Jalen Carter one-on-one. It doesn't really work. He's extremely big. He has. He needs a lot of – I talked about refinement earlier. Like. He will overwhelm you in the run blocking game. Sheer strength, sheer size. He will just overwhelm people because he's that big. But there's a lot of things that need to be taught to him as far as as pass blocking. Just because at that size for him, I talked about mirroring and footwork. It's not there. It's really not. He he just needs a lot of coaching on that. Now, at that size too, you can you can squint and uh, was it Daniel Falele last year? Right, was the big tall one who got picked yeah. pretty early. Like. They want Jones a better athlete than that. And people took a chance on Falele just because he was so big and you, you want to coach it up. So I don't think they want Jones is going to go in the first round, but I think there'll be some offensive team. There'll be some offensive coordinator that sees this guy on film and says, I want that guy on my team and I will figure out what I can do with him. Yeah. And, and you know, those tall guys get folded up. It's hard for them to keep their contact balance, especially against shorter guys. And this is this was a James Harrison specialty. Like uh, when James Harrison was playing for Pittsburgh and he had a tall guy, I was like, he is going to eat this guy's lunch because he would get under them. So you, you got to watch for that. But I mean, the bigger guys, uh, you know, that that are, you know, closer to his size, he will bury those dudes so it's it's very it's funny to see the smaller guy get the best of someone that is just a man mountain and don't get me wrong if if he gets those guys off balance he'll crush them he'll he'll flatten them he'll lay right on top of them like uh he he will destroy them but uh you know little guys get around those big dudes sometimes so it's all about it's it's about being quick in in having your leverage absolutely and if you are you're right if you're six eight and then what we what you it'll help him that they Keep not calling those false starts, right? CK, I mean, uh, God. Another thing, dude. Yeah. I mean, NFL refereeing. 
<laughs> you're just watching. I like this. that I know all these things and I can prod you about them now. Yeah, because so. <laughs> you're getting to know me too well here from doing this together. So I'm just watching this and it's like you're kickstarting a half an inch. You're, you're a half second early refs. What are you watching here? But I know it's uh, crazy. But day one, what you want to see out of these big linemen is like, do they bend at the hips, right? Because if you're six eight and you stand up right away, people get under you. And he doesn't do it every time, but there are plenty of reps where Daywan Jones is six eight, stands up right away. You mentioned it. And then he gets on his heels, and then smaller guys, stronger guys get under him, push him back, lose his balance. CJ Stroud's excellent in the pocket. The ball's probably gone by that point, so it doesn't count as a bad pass blocking rep, but he's gonna take a little bit of coaching. Yeah. Uh who who else who else almost made the list? So Blake Freeland, I really like Blake Freeland at BYU. I think he's another one who can play both sides of the line. I think some teams probably going to take him pretty early day two. Matthew Bergeron at Syracuse. I, I want to like him, but I just watched. I just remember that Jared verse game, man. Jared verse just owned (laughs) Matthew Bergeron for four quarters. And so I I'm sure that he will get drafted very high. He's probably going to be a fine player, but I have some reserve reservations about Matthew Bergeron and then Jalen Duncan, I like Duncan. Before the year, there was a lot of hype about Jalen Duncan going really early. I I think that that NFL teams will like him. I want to see how I want to see how big he really is. I don't know. He does not look the same. He looks like someone who should play guard to me, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Okay. Combine's coming. Yeah, I mean, and that's like you know you see because uh, the one thing I wanted to see was. Uh, some of the measurements from mm-hmm. the hula bowl and it was like the important stuff that guys knew they're going to come in bad at. They're like, we'll just save that for the combine. I don't want to measure that, you know, uh, a couple hand size missing That's- a couple, uh, you know, uh, weights and we get at the senior bowl. I'm ready for yeah. that. But we get that stuff at the senior bowl. They release that. So that's the first time we really get a measurement where, Oh, maybe he's not six, three, maybe he's six foot. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest measurement guy, but there are, there are thresholds. I mean, some of them I just kind of roll my eyes at, like the whole hand thing with Kenny Pickett last year. It's like, did the guy did fumble, fumble this year? Did he fumble this year at all? I think he might have fumbled one time, you yeah, know, so right. uh, n- not not much like it just doesn't matter. And I liked it was funny because they had, uh, you know, we now know that the Steelers, of course, drafted him. But at the combine, Mike Tomlin and I can't remember who it was. I think it was Omar Khan, who's now the GM of uh, the Steelers walked up and they said, let me see your hands, Kenny. Like you could read his, his, his lips and he held out his hand and he goes, all right, that's good. Like that was the whole thing. Like you just making sure he's not the guy from that Burger King commercial a million years ago with the tiny hands or whatever. Speaking of the Burger King commercials, that's your thing. That, that is, that is the meme of the century right now (laughs) is that is that stupid Burger King commercial that your team is getting drummed out of the playoffs and you just, he, you know, are grabbing your head and you hear BK, have it your way. Like I know it's the that and the Jesus commercials are like all of them in the playoffs right now. I it's it's very strange. They're running the same six commercials over and over and over. It's so weird. But uh yeah, um there's a hair lip commercial there too. I was like, can we just get a corporation to buy something? These are making me depress these commercials here. So uh, but anyway. Uh, how about the interior of the offensive line? Because there's uh, there's some good names coming out here, too. Yeah, there are. There's a couple of these guys I think could go in the first round, too. I, I'm very confident Osiris Torrance will go in the first round at this point. We will see him at the Senior Bowl in a couple weeks. He transfers over from Louisiana along when his coach goes to Florida. He also goes to Florida from Louisiana to Florida. Amazing size profile, 6'5", 347. 
PFF pro football focus has him never allowing a sack between Louisiana and Florida. Uh, another guy kind of like they Jones, except more athletic, Man. like road grading run blocker. Like he will clear space against at, first at Louisiana. And then against sec teams, he will clear out huge holes for now. Travis Etienne's brother there. Not as good of a pass blocker at this point. Right now, he just kind of anchors according to his size as far as for interior guys. What I want to see is can you pick up stunts and blitzes, right? Because a lot of what the interior guys do is you have to be able to have your head on a swivel. He'll he'll block the center. He'll do that just fine. The center's going to have a hard time getting by him. It's a matter of can he pick up the other guys coming, the blitzers, uh, lateral movement. So interior guys get asked to pull a lot more than, than tackles do. At his size, he's not great at it. It's not what he's best at you probably want to run him in a power running game too but last year Kenyon Green got picked in the first round by the Texans to me it's not particularly close Osiris Tyrants is a better pick Osiris Torrance is a much better offensive line prospect to me than Kenyon Green was I mean we're gonna we're gonna go over Kenyon Green's uh rating here because Houston's offensive line was rough this year yeah it was it was not pretty uh okay Cody Mock is next senior bowl have you seen Cody Mock yet North I North haven't State. watched him yet. Oh no. boy. Oh boy. So before we're during this podcast right here, we're not even going to, we're not going to watch him. I just need to see what you think of this picture of him off the court. Cody mock off the North Dakota state website. He is the prototypical offensive line look because he goes in, he is in uh, not undrafted. He is a player who comes in without a scholarship and then right. he lets his hair grow out, loses his teeth, and he looks like a hockey player. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> click on historical. Yeah. Uh, historical. Okay. Hold on. Uh, historical. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. It's. <laughs> I told you. I told you. You were not going to be disappointed. He looks like buckwheat on steroids. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah. Uh, or whoever the little red hair kid is. I don't I'm not old enough for that stuff. But, yeah. Uh, I mean. He looks like a mountain man. What is going on with his teeth? Why doesn't he get him fixed? Eh, I, it's the look now, man. Now, now it's he's leaning into it. So yeah. walk on, walk on tight end. That's what I meant to say. Walk on, no scholarship. Oh, walk on boy. tight end. Now he starts at left tackle. And North Dakota State puts a lot of offensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, last year it was Cordell Folson, but they've had others get drafted in the NFL too. Uh, I don't know. He's the other one. He's going to get. He's kind of Peter Skronsky light. He'll probably not. He could play tackle, but once again, he's probably going to get knocked for his length. We'll see him at the senior bowl. He'll probably get knocked for his length, but you could tell he used to play tackle. Like I just talked about how if there's one knock on Osiris Torrance, it's pulling and lateral movement. Well, Cody Mock is incredibly athletic now, six six three oh three, So he's 30 pounds or almost 50 pounds less than, than Osiris Torrance. <laughs> but he's right now he's playing tackle at the next level that's too small to play tackle. It's probably too small to play guard. He has to put on a little, like a little weight. But the question is, can you put on that weight without losing the athleticism? Cause if he can do that, I there's chances you could see him go at the back of the first round, but probably more of a day two guy. And I think he's, I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I think Add he's going to be pretty fun to watch by, by putting those teeth up in, in up front there. <laughs> Get some so. veneers in there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, Probably just waiting on that NFL money, but it's also, I bet he's just taking him out for the picture too. It's probably just uh, a, a goof, but yeah, I mean, that's, um, you see a guy missing teeth up front and he's enormous and the long hair. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a tough look. 
So I told you, uh, I told yeah, you, I knew that you were going to love it for sure. Yeah, I, I bet you his interviews are going to be a lot of fun. Too. I bet you, I think he'll crush it. So we'll see him at the Senior Bowl. We'll see the next one. All three of these top three guys are going to the Senior Bowl, and that's Andrew Voorhees. So Voorhees has played a ton of football for USC. It's been some left guard. There was some right guard. He's played some tackle in there. So NFL teams want to see that, right? We want to see, can yeah. you play all over the line now? Because they're only carrying eight offensive linemen most of the time on an NFL Sunday because simply there's not enough roster spots to carry more right. than that. Yeah. So if you can play more than one position, that NFL teams want that. Now, bit older, he's 24. Uh, he, I don't remember, it's something with the COVID year. And then I think he took a year where he got a medical red shirt late. But almost 3,500 snaps at college means you should be able to plug and play Andrew Voorhees because I don't think he's going to get much. Now, NFL coaching is better, right? So he can get some improvement, but he should be pretty refined and ready to go. He is extremely strong. He knows how to move people in the run game where right now he's better, I would say, in the run than the pass. And he's one I did. I put he does struggle to identify the blitzers. I said, it, you really got to move your head back and forth. That's what it really comes down to. Can you keep your head on a swivel, know who's coming? And if it's if it's in front of him, he'll block it. But if if you stunt or you twist, can you confuse him? Yeah, you can. And then that's when you see Cody or Caleb Williams make unbelievable plays in the pocket now for USC and just get away from the pass rush. But I think it's it's a high floor, low ceiling, right? Like I'm pretty sure it's hard for me to sit here and say that he's not going to that he's going to bust. I don't see that happening with Andrew Voorhees, but I don't know if he's got a next. Like I said, you can put weight on Cody Mock and maybe get a a very good guard. I think Voorhees will be good, but I don't know if he'll ever be great. Okay. Yeah. So, um, not the highest floor, but a high ceiling. I get you. So the next three, so those are all guards. The next three are all centers. Uh, Ricky Stromberg is a, he's going to the shrine bowl. He is at Arkansas. He did play some guard, but it's mostly been center the last couple of years, 46 games, high level sec center. He's good at moving his head. I have that in here. He moves his head. He will find someone to block. So if, for a center, right, you have to snap the ball, and then you have to hurry up and get your – because you're going to immediately get pushed back. So centers have to be quick to get from their stance into their blocking uh, stance, from their snapping stance, and he can do that. And then you don't usually ask centers to pull, but he can do it. He's better in a power scheme, right? But And that's what we see at Arkansas. They run a yeah. much more power-based offense, and he's good at it. Now, pass protection, it can be rough against him. The one that – I didn't see them this year as much, but last year, Devontae Wyatt, who got picked in the first round, really strong defensive tackle from Georgia, the third that's probably going to be picked in the end, but another first round defensive tackle kind of owned Ricky Stromberg in their game last year. I think he's, I think he's going to be a very good center prospect. I just put, this isn't Tyler Linderbaum, right? Like this right. is a day two option. There's no Tyler Linderbaum here. The next one, we'll just go into it. John Michael Schmitz is probably the Safest closest player in the draft, I think. He's well, he's right up there with Michael Mayer to me, probably. But yeah, those are those are some really high level players. Schmitz is going yeah. to the senior bowl. The only difference that I have with Schmitz to Stromberg is he's only played center at Minnesota, but yeah, very high floor because he he under you just watch him. He gets it. Like he gets blocking assignments. He knows who he's supposed to block. And if it's not if he's blocked well, then he will shift his focus to someone else. And in run blocking, he creates angles. You we talked about Mo Ibrahim getting so many rushing attempts. Well, that's partially because they have a very good offensive line. John yeah. Michael Schmitz calling out the protections. He is extremely fast. A lot of times I said, you see centers where they snap the ball and because they have to snap the ball, the guard ships to help them. But John Michael Schmitz, you'll see him. He'll just, he'll take it somebody one-on-one. -on -one. I think if there is a center 
who's going to be extremely good in this class. It's probably John Michael Schmitz. I put like Creed Humphrey was a day two pick, and now he's the probably the best center in the NFL. He's he's been the number one ranked center, I think, every year since he's come in the NFL. So he's been out. I don't know if he'll be that good. I don't know my, if Schmitz my, will be that good, but he'll be good. My Steelers podcast, the 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 main guy always complains because the Steelers didn't take Creed Humphrey. That was the guy he wanted, and now he's the best center in the NFL. It's I didn't want him. He went to Oklahoma, but he is the best center uh, in the NFL. So I I don't think Josh Michael Schmitz is the best. Will be the best center, but I could see him just being the same thing, right? Day two, yeah. day two pick, early second round, and then instantly fills in on a pretty good team and calls out plug the, and play. Yep, plug and play for the next decade, right? Yeah, uh, Luke Whipler. This one was kind of a surprise. He's a redshirt sophomore. I thought he was probably going to go back to Ohio State, but he must have got some get that money. Good, yeah, must have got a good draft grade, and he declared so good for him. Ohio State's kind of center university at this point. Josh Myers went there uh, more recently. I can't think of Corey Lindsley went there, and this is just the next one in a long line of centers to go to Ohio State. He's not nearly as strong as I think Stromberg's stronger than him. I think John Michael Schmitz is stronger than him, but his is. He just knows how to make positioning. He knows how to use his body to wall off defenders. And because of the fact they have two extremely good tackles who we already talked about, he gets a lot of help and he doesn't always need it, but he gets a lot of help when it comes to pass blocking. He is asked to pull and he can do it pretty well. Uh, being a little younger than a lot of these guys, because he's only a redshirt sophomore, he needs another game. He's somebody, I don't know if I would say he's plug and play. We just talked about how, John Michael Schmitz, you can probably plug and play him from day one. I don't know if I really want to do that with Luke Whipler at this point. You probably want to get a coaching year in there and you know use him in certain sets, and then maybe the next year he takes over as your starting center, especially in pass blocking at this point. He's better at run blocking than pass blocking. Who just barely made the, barely did not make this list here? Steve Avila mentioned him. He's for TCU. He was one of the rare players I thought that played pretty well. Now Jalen Carter kind of got him a few times, which, but that happens to a lot of players. Yeah. So I don't want to get, yeah. no, I don't want to knock yeah. someone too much for that, but I think he can play, he can play center. He plays center for TCU. He can play guard. So I think another one where the versatility will just NFL team will take him probably sometime on day two, uh, Jarrett Patterson. So Patterson was a transfer this year, early in the year. I think a lot of people thought he was going to go pr- really high, like first round pick. It just, it was okay, but he he gets knocked off his balance really fast, I think. I, that's when I watch him. It seems like someone will bump into him, he'll, he'll fall back two, three steps, and then he's got to try to reset. But by then, the pocket's already pushed so far back towards the quarterback that the quarterback has to adjust. And then Cedric Van Pran, I said, I don't know if he's going or not, but assuming he goes, the only thing I – a lot of talk about Cedric Van Pran the last couple of days is how devastated he was that Georgia lost an offensive lineman who died in a car accident, so rest yeah. in peace there. And I know that apparently it hit him very hard, but Oof. another one like Georgia's offensive lineman, man, if, if they declare you just, it's a bowl of tools and you take a bit chance on him. And we've seen how many of these guys come to the NFL. And I just mentioned Jamari Salier is starting for the chargers in the playoffs. Yeah. Right? It's a day three pick. So he played well too. Yeah, man. I Salier was a guy that I really wanted for Pittsburgh because he played guard he played tackle he could have played center like that Mm -hmm. dude could have played anywhere and ended up you know as the right tackle for the chargers and was doing a very good job there so georgia georgia but kind of you know look uh did you mention one alabama offensive lineman in here there are so alabama i did not mention any uh alabama's best offensive lineman this year probably tyler steen he's a tackle prospect day three guy uh Emil Echior is a guard for them. I don't know. 
do you remember who was it? Do you remember the one they had a few years ago who was just a massive human being and everybody thought he was going to get picked early and then it went like day six? Landon like Dickerson. Landon Dickerson. Uh, no, that wasn't him. But that just a big man, Emil Echior is, but can get downfield? Like, yeah, yeah, you're not, the fundamentals aren't there. Like big physical guy, but I don't know. It's not, it's not their typical where they have multiple first round offensive linemen. This is not that typical Alabama team this year. Yeah. So it's uh look, there's a lot of teams that need offensive linemen too. So yeah, we're going to go, we're going to go through it here. And yeah. And uh, I'm just going to go over the starters uh, that are under contract and who needs to be replaced, who needs to be re-signed and all of that stuff. There are teams that will look ahead on the offensive line because you cannot get too far behind on O-linemen. Um, I don't think the offensive line is as important to teams as it was 25, 35, 45 years ago, obviously, because, you know, you look in like from 20 down to 32, I think five of those in terms of the worst uh, lines, and this is according to PFF grades, uh, five of those teams are in the playoffs, right? So teams are making do without great offensive lines, but you are always looking for depth because offensive linemen get hurt so often. And it's so funny. I think I've, I've told you this before CK, the Steelers offensive line started every single game together, all five, because it was one of the worst lines coming into the season. And they got so much better because nobody missed time uh, down the stretch. And uh, you know, just, they, they did do a very good job there. So, um, but, but you know, that is not a typical thing. The previous season, I think there were, you know, 16 different line combinations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just uh, these guys get hurt. They sprain their ankles. They 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 roll something in. While you also got to uh, understand that the offensive linemen don't come off the field, right? If you're a starter, you're a starter. Oh, yep. the, the defensive line rotates almost every play. Uh, there's at least one guy coming in and going out. So um, these guys have to hold up. They have to be in good condition. And it's also funny that the less you hear their name during a game, the better they are. You don't want to hear offensive linemen's names because when you do, they either get beat like a drum or they get in penalties. So, you know, that that's just, um, and what to know about your offensive lines too. You know, you need to know this for fantasy uh, going in. You don't have to, it doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be the first thing you look at, but you do have to take it into consideration. So um, I don't want to give away PFF's grade. So I'm just going to go, in the top 10 in a kind of a random order here, but these are top 10 lines and what they need to replace the Raiders um, right guard. Alex bars is UFA. He was 71 71st out of 77 guards rated. So um, everyone's under contract uh, or except for him, but that's a guy you want to replace anyway. Alex bars, uh, the bucks, all starters are under contract, but Donovan Smith, who has been a better tackle in the league, 68, 68 out of 83 tackles rated. So maybe looking to replace him. The Lions offensive line, obviously very good, but they do have a big piece as a UFA. Evan Brown, he was 32 out of 77 guards rated. Uh, so they're going to need to replace him or resign him. The Niners, obviously their line is the strength of their team. Spencer Burford, um, he's uh, all their starters under contract, but Burford, Start as a rookie from UTSA, 65 out of 77. So I don't know if that's something they'll look to replace or if they're going to keep him in there and expect him to take that second year jump. But that's, you know, a starting position 
where they might need to change. Uh, the Browns need a center, Ethan Pochich. They they need to they need to re-sign him because he was the third-rated center in the league, right? They they just they need to re-sign him, but he is a UFA. Everybody else in that line is still there. The Falcons bumped up to you know according to PFF the fifth best offensive line from what was happening last year. Now. Uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit. My thought process on the Falcons O line is this is why they ran the ball so much. They ran the ball so much to cover the ugliness of this offensive line uh, because they cannot pass block. They graded out okay in pass blocking too. I looked at it, but they just didn't pass the ball enough for it to really matter. So I think it's one of those things more like you're expecting a run and they pass, you know, and uh, maybe the defense wasn't ready for it. So I think they could still use some work on that line in pass pro, but this is going to be a run first team under Arthur Smith. He's kind of shown that, right? Yeah. I thought, I thought Caleb McGarry was a free agent. So that's good for them that they're able to keep him. Cause I thought that was the one that was a free agent. Can we go back to the Niners? We assume that Trent Williams is not retiring. I take it. Yeah. I mean, th there's some of those two, but okay. yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. As of now, if they win at all, he might. You yeah, that's know. true. Yeah. Otherwise. Yeah. The Falcons, I mean, Tyler Algier got a thousand yards rushing out of this system. So if that's going to happen and we know that Cordero Patterson's going to run. So yeah, they, they get a lot of the advantage you have is if you just lead into something like the run, like they do, then you know that you can just refine that as your practice system, right? You just work more and more on run blocking and Hey, top, top 10 rated line. That's awesome. Good for them. Uh, then we go over to the chiefs. Uh, they have a big decision to make here because Orlando Brown, who uh, rated 17 out of 83 tackles is a uh, unrestricted free agent. So they're going to need to make a decision on him and the right tackle. Uh, they kind of have a battle between Wiley and Yang there. So uh, not sure who's going to start right tackle. Plus, you know, you look at this team, this team is so good luxury picks so they could easily replace someone. If they, you know, if one of these top tackles falls to them, they could easily take them. So uh, probably won't happen, but we'll see. Uh, the Packers, Josh Myers, and um, Josh Myers is, I believe, is a UFA. Um, or no, you know what? He just rated below average because there were 40 graded centers. He was 27. And then I don't know what are your boys doing at that right tackle spot, CK? Because Zach Tom and uh, Josh Nyman, uh, not very good. That is that is a correct statement there. That one I agree with. So <laughs> here here's the problem. They're, they're going to have. David Bakhtiari, I think, is still the highest paid center or paid offensive lineman in the NFL. And he's basically missed the last two seasons with injuries. And that's that's been a problem. I wouldn't be all that surprised if they does if they release him. I didn't look at the cap it. I'd have to look at it, but I don't think it's I think it's enough that they get under the cap then. And then I think you see Yash Nijman was better at left tackle actually when Bakhtiari was hurt than he's been at right tackle. He got replaced in the game against the lions where they needed to win. So it was sort of like a playoff game. He got replaced by Zach Tom, who's a rookie. Yeah. They, they, while they have a high rating, that doesn't surprise me, but they also could use some help specific at the tackle position. I would say could, they could use some help. Uh, actually you were right too. Caleb McGarry is a, an unrestricted free agent. So I guess I just missed that one okay. uh, for the Falcons. Uh, the Ravens need a guard uh, left guard. Uh, ben powers is an unrestricted free agent. They could just resign him, especially if they don't get Lamar, they're going to have a lot of money if they don't mm -hmm. get Lamar. Uh, so, so we'll see. And then the Eagles, the number one rated offensive line again, and all starters are under contract again. So uh, and you wonder, and we wonder why they're a good team, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's so clear why the Eagles are good. 
Yeah, it's the offensive line, uh, a strong defensive line, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. I mean, they're all mm -hmm. uh, making it work. Looking at this kind of second tier going from like uh, 11 to 20-ish, the commanders, uh, all starters are under contract, but both guard spots and center could be upgraded. They're a little rough on the interior of the offensive line this year. The Jaguars are all starters under contract, but all are under like the midpoint grade. Every starter on the Jaguars offensive line was, you know, below 50% of the guys graded. So not a great stat to have, but they are making it work. Despite that, uh, the Colts are in here. All starters are under contract. Once again, for them, Will Fries at right guard ranked pretty low, 50 out of 77 guards. Uh, the Chargers, Trey Pipkins is the UFA, but Salyer has been replacing him, as we mentioned before. The Steelers, all of the offensive linemen are under contract for next year, but Dan Moore, left tackle, was 61 out of 83, 63 out of 83 for core four on the other side. And I know uh, a lot of Steelers fans don't like anyone on this offensive line, uh, but uh, James Daniels uh, and Kevin Dotson, a lot of people are complaining about. So let's hear it. So cornerback or offensive line as a Steelers fan? Oh, man. Um, well, I, I offensive line. Offensive Everything line? starts up front. So uh, I, I would rather be dominant up front. Um, and the pass rush is so good in Pittsburgh that the corners, you know, the corners do need an upgrade. But if you get there with the pass rush, the corners don't have to be great. So that that that's what I'll say for that. I'd rather go offensive line. Uh, but I doesn't mean I don't want a corner. And I will, <laughs> not not that I wouldn't be happy if they took a corner uh, as well. Um, the Panthers are in here. Uh, everyone on a contract, but left guard Brady Christensen, fifty four out of seventy seven. So maybe an upgrade there uh, for the Bears. Riley Reef uh, is a UFA and was kind of. Uh, underneath and they just uh, their center spot was ugly all year long they got to get a center so uh, that'll be one of their top priorities for sure probably would have been pretty good if they held on that second round pick right yeah, so they have another second round pick that would be but, a great spot for john michael schmitz to go in just yeah. right away call out the protections for justin fields still could still, still could. could go there at that spot but for pittsburgh so we'll see uh the vikings uh, Garrett Bradbury is a UFA. He was pretty good, 11 out of 40 centers rated. And rookie uh, right guard Ed Ingram was 56 out of 77. Maybe they could use an upgrade there. Uh, for the Cowboys, they were a top 12 offensive line, but Jason Peters is most likely going to retire. And I don't know, a Cowboy fan that likes their starting center, Beatus. So um, maybe an upgrade there. We'll see. Um, and then the... Patriots right tackle Isaiah Wynn was ugly 75 out of 83 this year, but everybody else is under contract and they're doing okay. Um, now let's go to the uglies. We're talking 21 down to the very bottom here. Um, the Broncos need a lot. I mean, Dalton uh, Risner was 44 out of 77. Lloyd Cushenberry was 34 out of 40 centers. Billy Turner was 73 out of 83. So, Obviously, they had a lot of issues in play calling and stuff like that, but they have got to replace pieces on this line, right? Wherever Russ goes, the offensive line just falls apart. Can we? Is there a correlation oh there? Because yeah, Seahawks offensive be. line. I mean, it's still bad, but <laughs> we're going to talk yeah, about. We them haven't yet, talked but, about them yet, but, so they're not good. But they were young and better, much improved. Yeah, yeah wow. they were better than I thought, and I think we thought like. 
Denver was supposed to have a pretty good line and it just did not work out. It fell, yeah, the whole it thing fell bad. apart in Denver, right? Like, and that's one of those, you know, um, you guys will hear this. If you listen to the fantasy pros dynasty show with me and Pat tomorrow, that's another thing uh, affecting my Javante Williams ranking is like, you're going to have a new system. He's coming off a major knee surgery. It was clean. You know, it's not a bunch of stuff like JK Dobbins had. Uh, it was much more clean than that. But uh, you know, you have Russ, you have a battle line, you got a new coach coming in. So they're going to have to spend some draft capital on this line uh, for sure. Then we go over to the Dolphins. All stars are under contract, but guard Liam Eichenberg, who was a rookie 75, was he rookie this year or rookie last? I can't remember. I but this year. Yeah, me too. 75 out of 77 guards. It's rough. Uh, you you got to, you either got to get better or you're going to get replaced. So uh, not, not a great spot for them. The Bills offensive line, uh, you know, it was, a little worse than average, but that was kind of surprising. Roger Saffold was 72 out of 77 guards. Spencer Brown was 76 out of 83 tackles. So uh, that um, those two pieces could definitely uh, use an upgrade. So, so they're kind of uh, like the opposite Falcons, though, right? Because they don't get a chance to run block very right. often. Like <laughs> I feel like it probably hurts their rating that they pass so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it does. And, you know. Josh Allen wants to make that deep throw. He's yeah. holding on to the ball a little bit longer. So that could definitely affect rankings for sure. Uh, now we're going to start to get real ugly. Uh, the Cardinals uh, left guard, Justin Pugh is UFA. He didn't qualify uh, for a grade, you know, in terms of those numbers, but his 61 grade would have been 41 out of 77. Uh, Rodney Hudson was well below average at center. So they needed upgrade there. The Rams, all starters are under contract, but left guard David Edwards didn't qualify, but would have been 51 out of 77 guards, so well below average. Third-round rookie uh, guard Logan Bruss tore his ACL and MCL in August, so maybe that's a replacement, but he's going to be working his way back from injury, so probably more of a guy you want on the bench coming off an injury like that. So we'll see what the Rams do, and I don't even know if they have any picks. So uh, I know they don't have any cap space uh, unless both Stafford and Donald retire. Then they'll get a lot of cap space. But uh, they got a lot of work to do. But Sean McVay's coming back. So there's a chance Donald and Stafford both come back. You get Cooper Cup uh, coming back from injury. Make a couple other moves. Maybe you're all right. But this also Spending could be. Super Bowl champions. Yeah, I know. This could <laughs> be This could be a team that decides to tear down. If Donald and Stafford retire, you might trade Cup. You might trade Jalen Ramsey and, uh, you know, just punch the reset button on them and then just have this big, beautiful building as one of the best uh, stadiums in the NFL, half empty every single Sunday for uh, for that team. So uh, we'll see. We talked about uh, Kenyon Green, 77 out of 77 guards, uh, ranked really bad his rookie season. Senator Justin Britt didn't qualify, but he would have been he would have been 40 out of 41 centers if he was in there. He was awful. Um, you know, uh, Scott Quisenberry was 40 out of 40. His backup who replaced him uh, was the dead last ranked center to qualify. So obviously some issues there. We talked about their defense. Needs a, a lot of sign for Damian Pierce though, right? Like it if you're should doing be. it with that bad of offensive line play. Like that should mean that especially for a guy that's better running in between the tackles. Exactly. Yeah. You're so. not, you're not giving him pitches. Like that's where he runs is where you apparently have the worst guard and the worst center in the league. So, yeah. So there could be some improvement. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks. They actually weren't ranked worse than the Texans here. Uh, Austin Blythe is a UFA, but he was 76 out of 40 centers. Anyway, Gabe Jackson was bad. 60 out of 77. 
And the rookie tackles were, uh, they were up and down. Cross in particular was 57 out of 83. Abraham Lucas was a little better than him, but, uh, you know, we expect that line to grow together. But they, you know, as soon as they get the tackle spots seemingly set, the interior starts to suck now. So it was the opposite uh, before. So we'll see what they do on the offensive line. Uh, the Bengals have been bad for a while, and Jonah Williams just got hurt in the playoffs. Didn't rank good anyway. 64 out of 83 tackles. Cordell Volson, 63 out of 77 guards. Akeem Adeniji, uh didn't qualify, but would have been 79 out of 84 tackles. So once again, the bugaboo for Cincy is protecting Joe Burrow. He was sacked 41 times this year, which was six most in the NFL. So, you know, you pay that, you, you pay this man, you build around him, and you don't protect him, you know. So uh, obviously Jamar Chase is the right pick. No one's arguing against that. I, I know I said they should take Penny Sewell, uh, but I kind of just didn't want him to have Chase and Burrow. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's worked for them. They went to the Super Bowl last year, but that O-line needs to improve for and sure. The O-line's the reason they lost that Super Bowl, right? That Was it nine sacks in the Super Bowl game? And you yeah. just said they got sacked 41 times. We've known the Bengals have a bad offensive line for three years, two years, whatever. Yeah. It's been a long time. It's still their, It's still the thorn in the side on this team. And, and they've eventually worked on some they, picks too, because Jackson Carmine yep. wasn't wasn't uh, uh, starting. He yep. is now that Jonah Williams is potentially down for this playoff game. So I uh, had a left tackle. That'd be great luck. for them. Yeah, Chris against Jones. Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good That's luck. Right. They son. play Buffalo. You're right. They play Buffalo. Yeah. Yee. Um, the Saints rough. I mean, Anders Pete, 60 out of 77, uh, 25 out of 40 for Eric McCoy. Cesar Ruiz, 58 out of 77. Right. Are so, those all first round picks? Was Andrew Speed uh, a first round pick? Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz were, weren't they? Yes. They yeah. Uh wow. yeah. And Pete Pete was too, I'm pretty sure. He, I, he was either that or early second. I can't it remember. Was, those were all extremely high because that was always the talk was that the Saints are building from the front, right? Oh, we're gonna protect our quarterback, and it is just none of them have worked at all. Didn't they release somebody at two? Or no, I was thinking of win from the Patriots, right? Like he got cut. Say a win got cut, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or that was Tennessee, and then he got cut and went to the Patriots. I don't know. He's terrible anyway. Um, uh, the Giants, uh, a playoff team that's still alive with one of the worst three offensive lines in the league. Uh, left guard Nick Gates, 43 out of 77 guards. Center John Feliciano, 31 out of 40 centers. And Evan Neal was 82 out of 83 tackles. And uh, obviously, rookie growing pains there. Will you expect him to get better? They're not going to replace him next year, but it's – you get one more crap year like that and you're gone. You know, especially if you're about really to matter. pay, especially if you're about to pay Daniel Jones a hundred million dollars. You don't you want him to get him hit upright. back there. Yeah. Like, you got to keep him upright. So if you're going to be on the keep... right tackle position, you're, you cannot let him get, they don't, they don't want him to keep running. Like, like he's got to start figuring yeah. out what was it? 17 carries he took in that playoff game. Like he's got to start, stop getting That's hit. That Jalen much. hurts level, man. You yeah. can't be doing that. So exactly. uh, we hate it when Jalen hurts is much more built to run than, than Danny dimes. And we hate it when Jalen takes that many carries mm -hmm. that, you know, he had 17 design runs in the game. He got hurt. So uh, not smart. Uh, the jets jets had a lot of injuries, uh, but Connor McGovern was, uh, he's a UFA. He was 10 out of 40 centers. So in the top 10 is nice. Makai Becton missed the whole season with a knee injury. Rookie Max Mitchell was 74 out of 83. So not great for him either. So lots of improvements there, which, you know, obviously the quarterback holding on to the ball too long doesn't help those grades. Right. Zach Wilson. Uh, and this was, this is my one worry about Zach Wilson. I thought he would get smarter at the pro level, but his line at BYU plus the competition that they paid 
I mean, they kept his jersey clean, and he held the ball a long time for those guys to get open deep, and he can he can hit guys open deep when he doesn't have the yips or whatever nonsense is going on with him. Uh, but it's hard to keep keep uh, offensive, you know, a defensive line off your back for that long at this level. So the Kai Becton um, pick is so tough, right? Because that was that four offensive lineman pick, and Mekhi Becton has made, I think. 50 snaps in two seasons yeah, man. around injury. That was, that's the one that you just, we haven't seen it really yet. And now you're starting we to just be, don't know. Is he ever going to stay healthy? Like, yeah, he gets hurt one more time and they gotta, they gotta come up with a different plan mm-hmm. and, and they may already have that in the process of uh, this year's draft too, because that defense is strong and they have weapons at running back and wide receiver. They, you know, signed a million tight ends and drafted one last year. So really, it's just the offensive line that we're looking for. Maybe some safety play and some linebackers with speed for them. Uh, but yeah, this is a team that doesn't have a ton of needs, but the biggest one is a quarterback. So uh, we'll see. And then uh, you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the Titans, God awful last year. Aaron Brewer, 47 out of 77 guards, and he's a UFA. Uh, Taylor Luan went down week two. He might retire. Dennis Daly, who replaced him, was 80 out of 83 tackles. Uh, Nicholas Petit Friere, who was a rookie, was 77 out of 83. And just think about what Derrick Henry did this year behind this line. Improve the line uh, and that you could get way better. And Derrick Henry did this without the line and Tannehill uh, being in and out of that lineup and clearly not being 100%. And they had no wide receivers. And Derrick Henry still did all that that magic. So, um, I mean, I think Derrick Henry could get better next year. You know, I know falling knife. I know a lot of people don't want him, uh, you know, don't want to mess with it because he's an older back, but he is a goddamn freak of nature. He is just a different person. So uh, I'm excited to see what Henry has this year again. It can't get any worse. 80 out of 83, <laughs> 77 out of 83 on the tackle positions. And you know, you're talking about Tannehill. I mean, Tannehill, as terrible as he looked at times, was probably still better i mean i know he looked better than malik willis joshua oh, dobbs sure for, they went down joshua to dobbs. dobbs for two weeks looked better than than maybe maybe looked the best of all of them but i don't think he's coming back but yeah it was and derrick henry still kept picking up 100 yard games even with joshua dobbs in this offensive line looking like this yeah this is where if they get through the 11th pick and they do not have peter skaransky or paris johnson on this team there needs to be like <laughs> there needs to be an investiga- investigation well they That's got a new the- gm so, uh, you know, they'll have a new did they hire one. Did and, they hire one? Every, uh, I don't know if they hired one, but they, they, they obviously one fired John Robinson. So in after they lost the Eagles, after they got crushed, the Eagles, which was the whole AJ Brown thing and, uh, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so we'll see, but, uh, I think we're doing NFC East, uh, next week, right? We're going to start taking a deeper dive into, uh, team needs, you know, uh, when we were going through it position by position, we went more of starters. Now we're going to take a look at depth and uh, guys that are on contracts that are going to run out soon and, and things like that, plus break down what picks uh, these teams will have uh, right now. So obviously we don't know the full draft order, but we're going to we're going to start and go through it. So uh, that is Did we miss anything? Anything else you want to talk about uh, on offensive lineman CK? No, I think we did it next week, NFC East, and we can just review some of the players that will be at the Senior Bowl in the Shrine game. We will know for sure the rosters by then. We won't have practice reports, but we'll know the rosters, and we will know, what, four more teams positioning for the draft position because yep. we get four games this weekend, two Saturday, two Sunday, no super divisional round, no just super the regular one, Monday just games. the regular right. one. Regular uh, divisional round weekend, so 
should be a fun one again. Obviously, the playoffs, super intense, a lot of fun, and we will be enjoying that. But that will wrap it up for us. Remember to follow us on Twitter, at Bogman Sports, at C-O-P-I-E-P-S for C-K, Co-Peeps. And uh, that is it. We'll see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 